Oh, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the consequences of being bold and preaching the gospel. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. We've been talking about that actually for throughout the whole show. But I wanted to talk about some things that could happen and what our response should be. Also, SpaceX, what NASA should have been all along. We're going to talk about that. And then also, I want to make an argument for why Trump should bail out the oil companies. And I, the liberals, oh, I can't, what? Big oil, big oil. Mark Levin had this great line on CPAC. He said, everything that the left hates, they're big. Big oil, big pharma, big, you know, big everything. What about big government? Anyways, it was really good. But I want to make an argument for that. And, and I can even hear the libertarians and the conservatives too. Like, oh, that's not free market principles. Well, we'll get to that in, later in the show. Welcome to How to Build a Tent. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening the show, sharing the show, liking it, thumbs up, subscribing on YouTube, comments on social media mean the world. The algorithms love looking for comments. So the more you can comment, the like, thumbs up, tag, really appreciate it. Even if it's just saying, hi, love the show, just a comment like that would mean the world to me. It'd be out of this world since we're talking about SpaceX today. We're part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go to flfnetwork.com. Put an HGBT in the memo field to get a sweet 15-ounce mug, $100 off of your uh, ticket to come to our conference in October 1st through 3rd, and you get tons of other great benefits too. Seriously, if now if you haven't become a member yet, now is the time. Go over and do that. And we got to talk to you about, well, my uh, phone just went off. I don't know why. I hope you can only hear that in my headphones. Kingsman Grooming Products. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com and get tons of great products for your beard, for your aftershave, for your skin, for leather products, traveling. They're a Christian company, high quality products you already use. You might as well use products that you can get to support Christians, have better products, and you get 10% off when you use HTBT. Go over there to kingsmangroomingpros.com and support a Christian company, get great products, and get 10% off HTBT on the checkout screen. The first thing I want to talk about is the consequences of being obedient, preaching the gospel. Because you remember, Jesus was crucified over being faithful. And he even said something about, if I remember correctly, don't be surprised when the world hates you because they hated me first. Doesn't that ring a bell? And that we should go, there's this beautiful, beautiful passage where we go out, we should go out of the gates to be where the Lord was crucified with him. Like we go out, in rejection from this world, in expulsion from the world system, and we get to join our Savior there. It's just such a beautiful picture. Let us go outside the gates. And oftentimes we're going to have to do that in business, in our careers, in our organizations when we take a stand because the world does not like us. They hate us. They're at war with Christ. They're at war with us. And we're foolishness to them. And so when we preach our gospel, like we were talking about before, the humanists preach their gospels into the world. Their own accept their gospel. They receive it. They do not accept our gospel. They do not receive it. So things like this can happen. Gabe Wrench can be banned from Facebook for no reason for months and months and months. Founders, I found out today, was banned from Instagram without reason for a certain amount of time. I don't remember specifically. And there's these consequences that can come 
that can lead us to be discouraged, that could make us second guess our decisions. Did I do what was right by standing up, by living out my Christian values, by proclaiming the gospel, by holding true to the word of God? Did I do what was right? Did I do what was right when I was preaching to my congregation and people left and tithing went down, which is my only livelihood? Hopefully it's not. Hopefully you're doing the 250, making 250, having side hustles, diversifying your income. But there's going to be times where we find ourselves in these situations where it looks like we lost the battle, where it looks like we are going to be inconvenienced, that we're going to go through some sort of hard times as an organization, as a business leader, as our career is climbing on the ladder in a corporate setting. There's going to be these times and there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it. So what do we need to do? First of all, we need to remember that in the end, God wins. That the intermittent battles, intermediary battles, and maybe that's the way to say it. The battles, the little battles that happen where it looks like we're losing. Ultimately, there will be victory there. Do not lose hope. Do not grow weary in doing good. How many times in the Bible has it always been the comeback story where God has used and worked? Where it seems like all hope was lost. There was no outs. There was no opportunity. There was no solution to the problem. And God came through in that. And they're going to be taken through these times. And it's okay. The important thing is to be grounded in the word filled with your spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, being taking those times, reading your word, being grounded in the faith, being that seed that is taking in that soil, that is sucking in the sun and tasting that water that is overflowing. So when we hit these battles, we have the spiritual wisdom to discern and know that we don't step back. We don't lose heart. We don't lose faith, but we stand firm. After you've done all to stand, therefore stand Paul says in Ephesians during spiritual warfare, which I don't think is unrelated, ironically enough. So we need to remember that God wins. He is Lord. He's in control. And then we need to sit back and laugh. Just like it talks about in Psalms 2. When the enemy devises these things that hinder us, that get in the way of our plans, not God's plans, our plans. When he, when the enemy does things to get in the way that frustrates us, we can't communicate to our followers on Instagram. We can't communicate to our likes or the people that like our page on Facebook, wherever it is. We need to sit back and laugh and remember that God's in control and he's bigger than Mark Zuckerberg. He's bigger than any corporation, any power that comes against us. And I know you know this, but you need to know this in those moments. You need to laugh, mocking them for the foolishness of opposing the gospel and laughing from enjoyment in the joy of the Lord that nothing is going to happen to you, that God is not working for good for you. Accounts get restored, new social sites get put up, people come to your congregation that are new, new business channels are created, new careers are established, 
plans are changed to go towards what God has. And we can just laugh with joy and be in victory that ultimately God wins. And nothing they do is going to matter in eternity. And so we can smile, we can laugh, we can feast and fight with that perspective. So be confident, preach the gospel and know that these times are going to come. These battles are going to come where it looks like you have no control. And you probably don't. Control is mostly an illusion in our lives. The circumstances that happen, it's what God allows. It's not us controlling and doing the, the, the tinkering. It's God. Preaching the gospel, knowing these times come, and when they do, we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. Talking about being content with nothing and being content with everything. It doesn't matter because God wins in the end and we get everything at the end. We inherit the kingdom of God because of the work of Jesus. So that's the second part. The first part yesterday, preach the gospel because they're preaching their gospel to us. We need to counter it with our good news because they don't have hope even they say, even though they say they do. We have real grounded hope. And secondly, when the battle comes that feels like you're losing and out of control, rejoice. Thank God. Go out to the city and meet our Savior. Pray fast. Go to where he was crucified. Figuratively. You don't have to make a pilgrimage, pilgrimage to Israel. And just get with God and remember, have perspective. that This is just a small battle that doesn't have consequence. And even more than that, God is going to use it for good. If you do what is right. Just like we talk about in our spiritual lives, just like we talk about in our personal lives, this same principle stands in our business, in our careers, in our side hustles. And we just got to be prepared and being prepared, knowing these are going to happen, spending our time grounded in the word of God, being filled with the spirit so that when these days come, we can be bold in the spirit and have power, sound mind and not fear and cower away. All right. I'm going to change this up. I was going to talk about SpaceX next, but I kind of went a little longer on that. Maybe got a little preachy. I apologize if that was uh, something that you don't like to hear from me, but I felt like that needed to be said. Let's talk about the oil crisis right now. And crisis, quote unquote, I don't know if it's a crisis, but let's say it like this. The price drops in oil that is impacting the United States in a very negative way as far as the oil companies goes. For us, we get cheap gas. We have more money in our pockets, can help stimulate the economy. That is actually a really beautiful switch that happens just naturally from having a free market overall. But so you would say, I'm going to just talk to conservatives for this because, you know, the liberals, they're off on their own. And there's no rhyme or reason to their logic. They just, you know, think emotionally. <laughs> just kidding, guys. I love you. I love you guys. If you liberals, if you can put up with me so far, you know what? You have my respect. You can listen to this show and hear me rant against you guys. Uh, hey, I got much respect for you because I, I wouldn't be able to do it. But you, as a conservative, as a libertarian, say free markets don't have any government intervention. And I want to make an argument that we should have one in this case. Now, Trump also said that they're going to bail out the airlines. 
maybe this argument could apply to that, but I don't think so. And then the cruise lines as well. I definitely don't think that that this argument I'm going to make applies to the cruise lines as well. So I don't think that's right. I'm not saying that we should bail out everybody who's impacted by the coronavirus or these oil prices. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'd still like I'm not saying we should even bailed out the banks in 2008. I'm not making that argument either. I don't think we should have done that. But oil in my mind is a specific different case for two reasons. And I'll start with the least complicated one first and then we'll go into the second one. The first reason that I think that oil is different is it is a strategic resource that in times of war, we need to have those channels open and running. If we are dependent on foreign nations to ship us oil, if a World War III happens, whatever that would look like, or some other crisis happens, like if we went to war with the Middle East, or we went to war with China, not China, Russia, and we were reliant on their oil, all they would have to do is cut it off. And then we would have to rely on our reserves, and then it becomes a waiting game. And we know that the Middle East can wait a long time, Afghanistan, Iraq. And so from a strategic perspective, we need to think about our wartime strategy and the resources we need to be able to achieve victory if those days come. And this is just something to remember too. And and it's easy to criticize the president when he makes an economic decision, when you solely look at it through an economic lens. But the problem with that, and almost I would say a fallacy to an extent, the fallacious way of thinking about this is the president doesn't just make an economic decision. He never makes something a sole decision that only impacts one industry or one sector. For example, he can't, or not for example, but just another point on this, is that he can't make just a political decision because whatever he does politically will impact the economy. Most likely, like healthcare. What Obama did with healthcare didn't just impact healthcare, it impacted a number of other industries as well because of what the president is scoping. There's the, the president has so much power, for better or worse, which is, I'm for worse, honestly. <laughs> what am I talking about? It's terrible how much power the president has. But his decisions apply to oftentimes to foreign policy. They have diplomatic implications. There's trade implications. There is business economy, local economy, that input, the outputs of production, trade, all that stuff. All of these things are impacted and driven by the president's decision. So you can't just say like, oh, he's making a bad economic decision. Well, he's making a geopolitical decision at the same time. And that might change the the decision making. And okay, here's an example. This is what I gave to somebody who asked for this, me to talk about this actually, is doing tariffs against China is a terrible economic decision from just a strictly economic perspective. Tariffs hurt your own people. You're taxing your own people to punish a nation, which means that prices go up, taxes, for your own people to hurt China so that those your, the people that are paying the tariff will change their behavior. Stop buying their products, buy them somewhere else. From an economic perspective, it's terrible. 
It's making your country poorer. But when you think about it also from a geopolitical perspective that we are punishing China and we are leveraging these tariffs and making production move from China to Vietnam to Mexico to all these other places because they're stealing our property, because they're stealing our intellectual property, they're reproducing things that we're creating at a cheaper price because they don't have to pay for developing it. Well, then that kind of makes more sense, right? We're bringing them to the negotiation table. We're having them act fairly on all these things. So that's just one example of two different applications where if you just look at it from an economic perspective, it's a terrible idea. But then you see the results of what happened with China and you see that, oh, well, maybe the tariffs had some positives to it, even though from an economic perspective, it did not whatsoever. And that's very simple. There's many, many applications. There's many, many consequences for every single decision the president makes in many different areas. And we just have to remember that. It's not just a single focused policy, but that policy will impact multiple different things. Now, the second thing I want to talk about, or the second reason that I would support bailing out the oil industry is because it's not a free market. It's not competition within our country where everyone has a level playing field. Who are the players in the oil industry? In most of the world, besides the United States, it's the governments. And so what are they doing? They're not competing on price and supply and demand principles. They're not competing on demand, on quantity. No, they're using those as tools. Russia controls the Russian oligarchs who have the oil industries. And, um, oh, what's it called? Saudi Arabia controls the conglomerate in the Middle East. It slips my mind the initials for it. And they were going to come to an deal, and they didn't. Russia pulled out, and so Saudi Arabia decided to punish them by undercutting, lowering the price, and cutting the production of barrels sold. That's not a free market. That's not fair and equal level playing field for our companies. And see, their governments can support the industry because it's run by them. While our companies are private, who's going to help them out? Because the price cuts that Saudi Arabia decided to punish Russia with is also punishing the United States. So what is what are they supposed to do? Well, right now they're cutting production, they're cutting drilling, they're laying off people because right now their prices are unsustainable. So if we don't act, we could completely wipe out the industry because of what another country is doing, not because of the competitive advantage, not because of how cheap and how efficient a company is in another country. It's a country punishing another country and our private businesses are impacted from it. It's not a free market. It's not competitive. It's not private industry. And so we have to think about those things. We have our strategic advantage. We need to have our own oil production for wartime. We need to have, like, we were just becoming the biggest exporter of oil. And now we're going to be shrinking back from it. We want to sustain that. We want to be selling more oil than we're importing. We want to stay that. We want to keep that up. So when demand comes back, we want to have those industries there ready to go. So, it's not a perfect situation. Things are messy. Life is messy. It like it's exponentially worse the more people are involved. And when you're dealing with a global industry that is a majority government driven and controlled, 
Well, what are these? What are our private companies going to do? It's either well, our private companies need to compete on their own against these governments who don't have to worry about making a profit, or we intervene and help them. I don't see any other solution to it. Do you? I'd love to hear from you. You can email me Matt at howtobuildatent.com. You can find me on all the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. Go out, be successful, be bold, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.